Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one bus trip minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> and I'm Zach Luna. Uh, today we are talking about Minute 5, which starts with the bus pulling to a stop so Peter can get on and ends with Peter waving back at MJ. Like he's about to wave. Yeah, he's about the, to wave. It's yeah. like a motion blur <laughs> yes. of his hand going <laughs> and up. Just entering frame. Yeah. yeah. But we've just got his his big dopey face there. But um this is this is the minute where we see uh Mr. Toby Maguire proper. Um, yeah. when he when he runs onto the bus there. And it's um it's great. I, I love there there's um I think some some actors say that I don't think is entirely true, but is worth uh keeping a mind, which is more of a theater phrase, but that the only things that people really remember are entrances and exits. Like mm-hmm. that's like, <laughs> like a thing that I've had like other actors say to me. And in terms of an entrance, we saw our glimpse of Peter through the mirror yesterday. Um, you know, we, we hear him, but this is the first time we see a full shot of Peter Parker and his entrance is hurried, rushed onto the bus and immediately somebody throws a piece of paper at him like the yeah, first time we ball. see yeah. yeah the first time we see his like his actual eyes looking up a full shot of his face it's him reacting to being bullied you know yeah. not not in the as uh dynamic a way as the um original kept draft <laughs> would have us <laughs> see right. it but it's still it's still that that moment is not oh a sigh of relief i made it on the bus immediately it's Mm-hmm. a target of ridicule again. and knowing sam raimi as i do that ball was 100 percent thrown <laughs> by him 100 <100%. laughs> percent um and he cackled just like you did just now his, while he did his it. favorite thing yeah I'm oh sure, yeah I'm sure he did <laughs> he loves throwing stuff at his actors or smacking them with like objects like right <laughs> right uh, that, that that was definitely sam raimi who threw that paper ball uh, I love it. There um, he is. Uh, so, so this bit. Um, before we talk about Tobey Maguire, yeah, this bit where he walks up to the nerdy-looking like band girl, yes, and she says, "Seats taken." Is that a Forrest Gump reference? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna be uh honest with you with about one of the gaps in my uh cultural knowledge here. I've only seen Forrest Gump once. Okay. Uh, and I, I couldn't possibly tell what that reference is to. Okay, but, there's a there's yeah. a moment in Forrest Gump where Forrest mm. is on a bus and all of the kids kept keep saying seats taken, seats taken, like as he's walking up oh. to a seat. Oh, and there, I see. And then it's it's not until um he meets the little girl version of of uh, Robin, Robin Wright's Wright. yeah. yeah Robin Wright's character that uh-huh. she's like you can sit with me if you want. Um, <laughs> And so I wonder if this is a reference, like kind of like a cheeky reference to yeah. Forrest I, Gump. Certainly, any any type of uh, film with the scene, a scene of people being denied seats on a bus after Forrest Gump would would have some resonance with it. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I'm pretty sure she says. I could go back and rewatch the minute probably if I wanted to, but I'm pretty sure she says, "Don't even think about it." When she right when she puts her hands down, which I think is the only like actual line to that effect that's delivered to him, uh-huh. um, which is just enough adjacent to seats taken that. Right. Maybe, Cause donut guy yeah. just sort of grunts and shakes his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously he's not going to sit uh, anywhere near uh, right. flashing uh, an MJ, but, uh, right. but he's, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it it feels it feels reminiscent of that scene. If that's if that's the main thrust of it, uh, definitely. But I I I I'm this is going to happen a lot where I uh, have a moment of uh, verbally shrugging my shoulders and saying, "Gosh, I just love this. I I love <laughs> this. I love this entrance. Yeah, I love how." Uh, specific it is to that high school feeling of you know uh, you know whether or not you were a nerdy dweeb in the classic sense that feeling of not having a place or not having a a group or or not belonging mm-hmm. is emblematic of teenager dumb and mm-hmm. it this visual way of getting across I mean it's only a couple seconds long this little sequence is is totally effective yeah. Um, and, also, and, this yeah. is a great bus. <laughs> like, this feels like every bus I ever rode to high school. Yeah, yeah. This it, this is a like this is a great bus. It's my not a only, Hollywood bus, right? Yeah. My only issue with it is the layout, and I mean, they need it for the blocking in order to mm-hmm. get everything to work the way they want it to work with the trip and all of that. Mm-hmm. But though like mary jane and Fly, they'd be in the back of the bus like come oh on. there's no way there's no way they'd be so far forward. they're like no. what the fourth row back or something and, there, and there's no. there's empty seats in the back are you kidding me what <laughs> in what on in what bus in high school yeah, How, yeah. It, that's the first thing filled that's where he's slowly marching back to to find a spot is the rear no yeah no, no, that's, where no. You, that's where you have all of your secret discussions and that's where that's the cool spot. That's right. Where you that's <laughs> yeah. Be. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I feel like, uh, I, I, I like, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, mm. it's weird. It's like, uh, it's, it's as if Sam Raimi's like school bus politics hadn't been updated since like the sixties, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and, and he's no. like, yo, like the, the word, like the people, the people that no one cares about sit in the back of the bus yeah, and it's like, no, the not, the it's no, not in no. high school. No, it's, that's not how it, how it happens. Yeah. School buses to me, I, um, there's always a slightly romanticized aspect of school buses to me because I, I grew up, um, getting carpools or rides to school. Um, uh, so I, ne- I never got to do the commute forward and back to school on a school bus. So school buses for me are always like tennis tournaments or away games or uh, d- there's a field trip or something. Like the idea of a school bus is very exciting. Somewhere still mm-hmm. in like the recesses of my of my kid brain, I'm like, oh, wow, a school bus. Like, Oh, yeah, that school bus <laughs> smell? Uh, yes, of, exactly. Of, uh, of pleather and gasoline. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever like things have been spilled in the back. Yeah. Over the years, oh yeah, yeah. or yeah. The, the rattling because like not quite all of the rivets are uh, are set in the in the thing. Yeah, I Ugh. also I love that the bus they chose to, you know, because at this point there were buses that had been updated and they were like larger. They were like four high schoolers, and so oh, everything yeah. was like a little. It they were like very square. They weren't like school bus shaped with like the rounded top. They were very yeah. like they were like a box on wheels. And yeah. they were a little bigger and had a little more space. And those were the buses that you wanted to be on. I see. Yeah. This bus. Commodity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This bus. This is an old school, like elementary yeah. school bus that the, the high bus. school kids are just on. Like this bus driver, this is his first route because high schoolers go to school first. This is his oh. first route. And then he I goes see. and he does the middle school route. And then he does right. the elementary school route. And whoa, the the high school like the like when you look at the bus and the mm-hmm. way everyone is seated, like it's very like two people in a seat is packed. Yeah, like like the yeah. second person is barely on the seat. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's exactly not, what it was like. Yeah, it's not built for full size humans. No. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why it's per- it's so authentic in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's so cramped <laughs> mm-hmm. and in a in a very in a very real way uh what was, do you see another, did you yeah. see like okay so who's who's the guy um like flashes like right hand man yeah his buddy who his is number that? one yeah um, i don't i don't know who this guy is because he at first it seems like he's a featured extra but then later in the movie he gets like he, a really memorable like, line yeah he does speak 
Yeah. Um, so he's not just a featured extra. Also, the guy behind him looks like young Guy Fieri without sunglasses. <laughs> he's he's auditioning for a boy band after this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got moment. that bling like in the shot. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's making his mark. Um, yeah. I'm I'm scrolling through the recesses of my mind right now. And by that, I mean IMDb. But I can't uh, haven't found uh, a, a credit for. Uh, flash buddy hopefully by um by tomorrow by next week i guess we'll have a little bit more information about him because he factors a bit more into the science uh uh adventure there but uh right. suffice to say that yeah it we got to place him prominent in the frame so there he is right um he's making his making his mark again another high schooler who does not look anything near high school no, age no <laughs> this uh th- this this move where um, he nods at his buddy because they're going to mm-hmm. like, yeah, do the thing. This is going to be yeah. hilarious. And then Flash gets this look on his face where he won't look at Peter because he knows if he looks at Peter, he'll crack. <laughs> yeah. And so he's looking uh. forward. And it's such a specific, immature, douchey, like high school guy. Behavioral move choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Joe chooses. It's perfect. Like it reads perfect. so well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't give it away. I won't look right at him. I can't yeah. wait for this. To but happen. he's got this like dead smirk on his face. Yeah. Just... Where he's like smiling at nothing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love to, I love how, how Tobey Maguire sells that impact. Like he hits the deck hard and there's a moment. Not quite. I don't mean it's not that dark. Obviously this is not like the type of movie at least yet now where we're going to have like, dark Peter Parker, old Peter Parker, things might go well, but like in the tradition of like, you know, the first amazing fantasy 15, like early Peter Parker being picked on is, is really not taking it so great. Like he, that, that moment there is, is it's a genuinely hard impact on the floor. And then he has a little, a little moment where he considers saying something, doing something and then just swallows it all. Right. You know, which he's is going to do on that. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's actually a really different Peter Parker, because yeah. the Peter Parker from the Ditko run. He was kind of a conceited jerk. Sure. Um, sure. You know, he he like hated these bullies and talked about how stupid they were to their face in response Whoa. to the things that they said to him <laughs> all the time before he got powers. That's, He'd be like, well, at least I'm not as dumb as you are, Flash. Like, he would say stuff like that. Whoa. Where that's, yeah. it's, it was, he was, he was like a conceited little jerk. And that's where that aspect of Spider-Man came from. Because eventually, yeah. like, after the death of, of Uncle Ben, he sort of swallowed that personality a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and took his lickings from Flash because he didn't want to give away who he was. Right. But it wasn't until after he becomes Spider-Man that he started doing that. Before that, he dished out to Flash as much as Flash dished out to him. The only difference was that Flash could beat the living crap out of him. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a, again, when we talk about like adapting uh, a character and uh, what sort of aspects we take from whether it's combining different characters into one character or taking a, um, uh, a storyline from somebody else. Uh, this is sort of the big question. I mean, the, the question of this, of making a Spider-Man movie is how are we going to characterize this version of Peter Parker? Right. Um, and as much as possible, we want it to feel like a real person, one that we can relate to because this is the center around which the whole, um, the whole film, the whole film revolves and not to get too deep into casting right now, but there's a, a phrase that uh, Sam Raimi used when talking about casting um, Tobey Maguire for this part that has stuck in my mind for a lot was he said, at the end of the day, Tobey Maguire was a good soul. Mm. He was, he was a, a fundamentally good soul like Peter Parker. And like you said, that's not necessarily true of all versions of all Peters all the time. Right. It, 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 I would yeah. say it's largely true of the Peter from the Ramita run. Right. Not right. from the Ditko run. Because Ditko, I mean, Ditko 
as a guy, when you think about the two characters that he co-created at Marvel, yeah. Yeah. it's Spider-Man yes. and Doctor Strange. That makes sense. And Doctor Strange, again, was kind of a dick. Kind I mean, dick. you know, yeah. he started out as a dick and then, you know, he becomes this sort of like holier like holier than thou like yeah uh, you know i'm i'm better than everyone like this isn't worth my time like that's his attitude yeah. at the beginning and then he sort of gets beaten down to a point where he still feels that way right most of the time but it's more of like an ethereal i'm above you yeah you know yeah than yeah. a and literal like i'm better than you are kind yeah. of thing and and not not for nothing, but that that Dicto was a, a fairly vocal objectivist, uh, right? You right. Know, fo- follower yeah. of Ayn Rand. And right. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's yeah. that was his his whole thing with Peter in that in those original, you know, those original. I think it's thirty thirty two or thirty four issues mm-hmm. that he did. Um, I've got the book just out of reach, so I can't sure, go. Yeah. I can't look at it. <laughs> that's but, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but those initial like thirty two or thirty four issues that he did. You know, he wanted Peter to understand that, like, you can't count on anybody. You don't need to do things for anyone else. You need to do it for yourself. I'm looking out for number one. Look out for number one. Like, that's how he felt Peter needed to be. One of his biggest problems with Spider-Man as a character Uh was that the time when Peter was looking out for number one, it cost someone their life. And he was like, no, that's not right. but that should be the yeah, and that there right. is an aspect of like uh, course correction and adjustment when you have such a strong voice that is so avowed to a particular uh, right, like philosophy. Because uh, right. there, there's even I fairly recently had to look up some scans of a couple different um, Amazing Spider-Man things because there's the uh, an argue you will get into arguments online with people about Spider-Man if you are a visible Spider-Man person in any capacity. Um, People oh. people love to argue with you about Spider Man, which is fine. And there was um an aspect where I uh, I had participated in a in a in a protest march dressed as Spider Man, and um some some troll was sending me a bunch of uh, individual scans of some Dicto era stuff. There's a somewhat infamous scene where Spider Man like makes fun of some protesters, uh, and you know uh-huh. can't understand why anybody would like advocate for a cause other than themselves and like makes fun of them, laughs at them and he like tells them off a bit to their face. Mm -hmm. And then a few years after that, when Dicto was off of uh, Spider-Man, there's a, a, and again, we don't know how much Stanley wrote of the issues that he wrote, but there's a, a follow-up sort of course correction or retcon where um, years later, he, he hasn't, well, not years later, but, Right after that, Stanley had him go back and help protesters and had him, you know, right. uh, be more along the side. But long after that incident happened, decades later, there's still this sort of running joke every once in a while where they'll refer to uh, Spider-Man having yelled at some protesters. Right. And the phrase that they used for it is, yeah, I actually, I I even read a lot of Ayn Rand in college. I I was I'm I'm really embarrassed about X Y Z. Right, the phrasing behind it, but that like you have to um you have to find well what is what is the the version of this character that is most essential and like you said by the by the Romita run is where we actually have the um a lot of the the things that people think of when they think of oh what Spider Man is with the Harry Osborns of the world and with the you know like that play setting is not necessarily the version that endures right. not always an awful lot of it does especially with spider-man it's it's kind of impressive how much of that first issue is in this movie but it's kind of like the batman thing where um early early issues of batman he's like fighting vampires and shooting guns at people and yeah. you know he's doing a lot of weird stuff that's not batman and then you know eventually you coalesce into what is the most functional version of this character? And I think if if you're going to try to make the Spider-Man movie, you're going to try to make that distilled version of Peter Parker, like mm-hmm. the most resonant, the most iconic one, which is a quote-unquote good soul kid yeah. uh, version of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. earnest with a good soul. Yeah, 
there's a that's Toby, right? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do have again, like the jelly donut, or like a few little things, Sam Raimi wise. I think some of the charm stylistically in any um, any piece of directing is what what do you do that you didn't have to do, you know? And this can refer to like if Jackie Chan makes a movie and he like in an every frame of painting video uh, does an extra little flip with a pen and catches it and in a scene that doesn't call for it. Um, there's something about style and the the life outside of the the edges of the frame that happens there. I love when we transition to the actual beginning of the uh, science visit or whatever, oh. that uh, buddy of flashes is playing with a thing, throws it in the air, and to begin the sequence, the teacher, who has no name, is just teacher in the credits, right. snatches it out of the air without breaking the, stride and continuing The hacky to talk. sack, the which hacky was sack. Yeah. a huge thing in high school in the early 2000s. Oh, like, I see. My, my crew, like, that's all they did is, like, they stood in the corner and played mm. hacky sack. Like, oh, gosh. That's the, that was the thing. Like, yeah. it was That's it how was you know thing. you're cool. I, and yeah. I don't, I was never good at it. So, like, I tried a few times and was like, eh. I don't care yeah. enough to keep trying and get better at this. <laughs> um, so I just let it go. But like, yeah, that was a thing was the hacky sack. Like the cool kids, man, they loved hacky sack. Oh, yeah. Uh, they that. just like they take their hacky sack to the Dave Matthews concert and just <laughs> have a great day hey, man. Um, playing don't hacky sack. Let and, it drop. Right. Don't let it <laughs> yeah. fall. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. I really I really love that. Um hmm. But uh, I do want to. I, I we gotta we gotta call out Peter for his super creepy MJ stare. Oh God, the worst! It's yeah. so creepy. It's like, oh dude, no, don't do that. Like no. that's no, that's no. how you chase Pete women away. Don't do that. <laughs> Just I know you're in high school and you don't want to, but like she even catches him staring yeah. at her. And then she stares back and is just sort of like glancing down at herself. Like what? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that she's, she's confident enough to like call you out on it in that moment. Like read the room, buddy. And no, yeah. no, no. I think that's why the trip works is because you kind of feel like he deserves it a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like Pete, Pete, you're not, you're not, you're not there yet, buddy. No, you're not. don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Um, um, you don't get to just stare at women without their permission. Like, come on. <laughs> um, with and, his little, his little half smile. Yeah. yeah. And, uh. and yeah. And like the actual land I, I love there's, there's few things in cinema that I love more than Sam Raimi impacts. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he just directs the hell out of impacts. Like yeah. anytime a character gets hit or lands or, it always hurts. Like you're always like, yeah. ooh. And ooh, you just oh you boy. feel it. Oh, it's so like visceral and awesome. Yeah. I don't know I what it, it like if he's cutting a frame out or something so that you get there just a little bit quicker, or if it's just the way he blocks it out and makes him sell it. But yeah, it and or the sound editing, or like there's some just something about it that it just lands and it, it lands in a in a dark way. Um if we we might as well talk about you know. Peter himself, the, the we we've talked a bit about this is in his introduction. Let's that we've talked a bit about how important casting this character is. We talked a little bit about how important finding your version of the character is. But like, I, how did Toby Maguire end up in this movie? Like, yeah. how how did this happen? What are He's, what were some other were there other actors up for the role? I mean, uh, a a couple. I I have uh, done a little bit of research that was mostly focused on the relationship that Sam had with um with with Toby here and it's a, a lot of the like more uh uh traditional casting rumors I I couldn't verify I, I want to get like a slightly better um source for that for for next time but just in terms of like Toby himself before this uh, he'd he'd been in a few films like he'd done uh the ice storm and cider house rules and he did wonder boys fairly recently and probably the biggest thing he'd done was um Pleasantville yeah, which, which um, a movie is, uh, you know, I love oh, that movie. It's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. And and he he does have this almost um, of a different time quality to him that that he he is an old school type of uh, 
of face <laughs> not mm-hmm. like not to uh put too fine a point on it but that um the the reason that he and um reese witherspoon work so well in pleasantville is that they can believably inhabit both of those um time periods mm-hmm. uh which which feels like a similar skill set to how do you ride this line of this character whose origins are are so far decades removed from the time when you're making it um that how do you pull that all together and and sam raimi has talked about toby not just as a good actor not just as you know somebody that he respects but as one of his main collaborators on the film right um to the point that like when they had um gone through casting with um with toby uh raimi very early on was was adamant that toby was the guy he wanted to go with and the sort of what we touched on recently in terms of screen test stuff like that, that it took some convincing. Um, but it, it took some convincing on Toby's part before it even took convincing on the studio's part that like they'd done a couple different, uh, auditions with him and they'd done a fairly legit screen test and had, had talked like pretty intensively about the character. They, they often talk about a lot of the actors. Um, when you had your first meeting with Sam Raimi, it was less about, reading this and more about uh him talking at you about spider-man for an hour and a half <laughs> he loved to like <laughs> just like let it all spool out of him and and try to try to engage with you with and and see where you were coming from with the role and um before we get to like the screen test people talk about toby didn't want to do any more screen tests for this film he liked the idea for the film he he had some some cool concepts for, you know, what he wanted to do with the character, you know, to make him this like real earnest dweeb, which is all fine and dandy, but your, um, your ego can get in the way a little bit when you're an actor. And when he heard that the studio wasn't really uh, totally on board with the idea of him, they weren't sure about it. His first instinct was to kind of be like, all right, well, I don't really want to do it then. You know, like if you don't think I'm the right match for it, if you don't think this is, this is right, uh, you know, it, it that's that's not that's not that's not a, a place i want to shove myself into i don't want to jump through a lot of hoops if i already know the studio is not interested i probably mm-hmm. won't have this part anyway i should just move on to something else and um and sam apparently called him uh and and met up with him and said you're my guy like you're the person i want to make this film with uh and if you're not in it i'm i feel lost like I might not have the movie that I want to make, which is, I think, a, like a a a really bold thing for a director to say at that point before production had started out, but also a really, a really generous um, reassurance that, he, yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? He kind of, yeah, he kind of just exposed himself to his yeah. actor. Yeah, he like, like he know. put himself like on the same level with his actor. He's just like, yeah. look, we're not. I'm not your boss. We're peers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to be in this together. Like, you know, he 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 really like came out as uh, 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 I, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm my mind is slipping on the word, but sure, like yeah. he, vulnerable. He's like vulnerable. He, yeah. He came yeah. out as like vulnerable to Tobey Maguire because he's just like we need to make this screen test happen or they're yeah. not going to 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 choose you. Not gonna, yeah. Yeah. And, I and need if they don't to choose you, I don't know what I, I'm going to do. Yeah, that's how important you are. And and that I, I, I have so much respect for that kind of move. I have so much like if if it's earnest and it clearly was, I have so much respect for for taking a moment to not be in the like, uh, you know, safe zone politics or whatever. And just talk of talk to the person you're making a thing with and saying this. We need this. Um, I I've never read a, a story quite quite that 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 is that is taking that aspect of casting quite that far um unless it's like you know a biopic or something like that but this this was the most important piece of casting for sam raimi and um and that's that's why we have all of these stories about doing another screen test doing a really elaborate thing and why how can we finally sell them on this so Mm -hmm. If we get to the 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 legendary screen test, which you can go find online, and it is mm-hmm. really cool, um, the one with Elijah wanted, Dushku as yeah, uh, MJ, as it. MJ, he said, "Let's pull out all the stops and um, 
and we're going to do a, a multi-sequence test one more time with Tobey Maguire. Uh, and just, we're going to... I just yeah. realized how funny it is that they were between the two stars of Bring It On for MJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I were, didn't put that together in my head before. That's weird. Yeah, they that was there was a button on the cultural consciousness right there with, the, yeah. with that movie for that huh. moment. Um, that they have the scenes with MJ to see if he can play that thing. But what what I guess the producers were worried about, not the producers as a conglomerate, but the studio especially, was can this guy be an action star? He hadn't done any big budget action movies. He hadn't done any sort of real physical stunt work before that. There was mm-hmm. nothing in his inherent demeanor that came across in any way. It's like, well, oh, I guess which I, we can hang this on, which yeah. I understand their perspective, but those That's are what you people. Want. Those are right. But those are people who don't, who fundamentally don't understand Spider-Man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, he has to, this, this you isn't shouldn't just look like, like an action star. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. This isn't just the Clark Kenty version of like, well, we put the glasses on the guy and like, then right. people won't know he's a superhero. It's that he, he'll just look like an Abercrombie model yeah, instead no of a superhero. One, yeah. No one on in their right mind could ever, should should immediately assume that Peter could possibly be uh, a superhero. Because right. he's not, you know, right. he's, he's a, he's a kid who ended up with superpowers playing as one for a bit. He doesn't become the superhero for a while. Uh, so they they decided to uh, choreograph with stunt coordinators a whole fight to go along with the um, the normal type of dialogue based screen test. So they did it like with a crazy, crazy harsh lighting, like it's some, like it's a weird noir thing. And they brought to him, well, you can't fight in a Spidey suit. We don't have a Spidey suit for you, but here's a blue leotard. And on the day, Tobey Maguire did this thing, which he sometimes credits to actually getting the part where he looked at the leotard, he put it on, he knew he felt a little goofy in it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to pull down the top part of this leotard and tie it, tie it down around my waist so that I just have like kind of blue leggings on. Uh And then I'm just topless, no shirt. Like, like we're in a Bruce Lee movie or something. Uh And I, I'm here to throw down. I'm not, I'm not a guy in a ballet outfit. I'm not, some guy in pajamas. I'm Bruce Lee and I'm here to kick all kinds of butt. And all right, <laughs> let's do it. And that that screen test is, you know, Toby, he got all fit and he, you know, goes crazy. You can see him throwing the punches and throwing dudes around and doing this turn to camera that is 100% sells an action aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. The Despite type, it not remotely having the energy of the actual movie. Of the actual film, yeah. But it but was that, the thing that to, sold him to the studio, which is all that yeah, matters. Yeah, exactly. That this was a calculated move on the part of Sam and whatever other producers really gunning for him at that point, that if we show this type of thing to calm the fears, to say even if we were to make a standard issue action type movie here it would work with this guy mm-hmm. is is enough to give them some leeway here to to move forward right and and build the rest of the cast around toby mcguire right um i i i i love it i love yeah. love love it you know it's and, also really silly in a sam raimi way that i like right. a lot yeah like because have... like he throws guys and you just hear the wilhelm scream you know like it's <laughs> yeah. it's pretty great the punches are all there and yeah. it yeah but and the the but, punches are just like ridiculous like whoosh, like whoosh, <laughs> you know whoosh. and like but even through that all like you you see like those moments where he turns and it's it's serious business he yeah. doesn't mess around it's similar to um they talk about i mean this is a very different type of movie but when they were casting uh Henry Cavill for Man of Steel um they had on loan a superhero a superman suit that they'd used uh that they it, it wasn't even for the Nick Cage one. It was for some other Superman project, but they had a Superman suit that they had the actors mm-hmm. do screen tests in. And right. the phrase that they used for Henry Cavill was, he was the the first guy who, when he put on the Superman suit, he didn't look silly or like he didn't belong in it. You right. know, that like he just wore it and didn't worry about it. Right. Um, and that 
that feeling is there in this screen test where it's as goofy a version of an outfit as you can have, and he decides to make it a more action, you know, I'm not going to wear the leotard, I'll make it this sort of action thing, and then I'll just wear it, and you'll just accept it. Mm-hmm. And you and you buy it, and you're there. And uh, none of that's on display in, in this minute, obviously, but it was what it was necessary to to get us to have these minutes like what what is worth spending time on in a movie it's often things that let, that let us get to know the characters mm-hmm. and this whole beginning sequence is getting us to know weird peter parker and he is weird and he is off-putting and i don't think we could have gotten this to work as well if we had abercrombie model guy right doing it right it, yeah it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree completely. Um, what else? Yeah. Is so there? then uh, we get, we get the first bits of the, you know, the field trip arriving. We meet. Yes. Teacher. Yeah. Um, teacher. Who uh, I love this guy. He's great. Yeah. Uh, he's, Shan, in, he's in two scenes Omar, and he's so Huey. good. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he Shan quit Huey, acting like, right after this. <laughs> yeah. But I think he was on like Felicity or something before this. Like he's around, but, um, he he just he has that like no BS teacher attitude, and but it's that but it's that cool collected no BS teacher attitude where yeah, he's yeah. not getting angry at them. He's just no. like they're they're kids; they can't help themselves. But I'm going to use this as a teachable moment. Yes, like, like come on, come on, guys, yeah. come on. And it's it's enough to even overcome the fact that he looks about the same age as every single one of the high schoolers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I buy him as the teacher, yeah. even though visually it, it shouldn't, like, if, if I'm sitting here nitpicking as we are a minute at a time, I can look at this cast of characters that we've assembled here and, uh, you know, be like, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, are, these, are these really high schoolers? Are you really their teacher? Really? <laughs> but in in the moment, and it's only... A couple lines here and there. He just he you know effortlessly effortlessly is. I got to deal with these kids at this uh, New York City high school, and I got to get them to stay together. I love the the line that I've never ever heard before because Mm. you know I'm paying more attention to Mary Jane looking back at Peter and Peter Mm. thinking that she's looking at him. Yeah. Um and. You, he says this line because the whole time during this, he's talking and explaining to them what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he says this line. He's like, "We don't. We, you can all be adults. <laughs> we don't want a repeat of the trip to the planetarium. Of the, of the planetarium. What happened yes. at the planetarium? <laughs> <laughs> what do these jerk kids do at the planetarium? Ah, uh, man. They probably they probably had a knife fight uh, behind." <laughs> <laughs> somebody Um, was making like moo noises during during the uh (laughs) i I also i feel Uh, like uh uh this is a good time to point out how much i love kirsten's hair in this movie she's wearing a wig um she's wearing a wig where and her bangs are dyed red that's why her bangs are a slightly different red than the rest of the red in her hair oh wow yeah I have uh, never noticed that, but to be fair, I am colorblind. So, oh, okay, fair like, enough. Different, like like slight subtle shades in red are the trickiest things for me, but I love that. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. I think this movie is the best looking Mary Jane, um, yeah. because I think in the sec in the sequel, because you know Kirsten is a natural blonde, yes, um, and or at least natural like mousy hair, which she dyes blonde i don't sure. know sure yeah but yeah but in, but it, but in any event she's blonde and yeah. you know she needs to be redheaded for to be mary jane because that's like the iconic hair color of mary jane yeah and i think that in the sequels they kind of let her be like more strawberry blonde yeah or you know but mj's a redhead and it's red. like you can change a lot about this character but like she needs to be a redhead and <laughs> i this is I, this is the best looking mj i think is in this she movie. she does she does look like a comic book character mm-hmm. i mean straight up there's there's this it, the whole aesthetic of the film uh is a little bit like this where it's it's realistic sure but it's just 
just heightened a little bit, you know, like the mm-hmm. like things pop just a bit more characters, you know, uh, speak a little bit more heightened. But it's it's not not anything crazy, not anything out out of out of the, you know, the realms of normalcy. But this type of bold hair color choice is at once totally comic booky, but also feels totally real right. in that moment. And that's really hard to do. Right. That's a hard hard balance to strike yeah and, um, i just i just wish they had kept it consistent through the three sure. movies yeah um not yeah. i'm not crazy about the strawberry blonde in the sequels yeah well it's, well, it's just I'm, not mary jane it's it's just kirsten dunst at that point you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but this um, is this is mary jane yeah this uh, is mary jane uh, <laughs> that that shot of her looking back at peter i mean that's a comic book panel it is it is like that with the little, uh, you know, we talked about the headband already as, you know, a, a bit of iconography taken from a, a different character. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a bit of Gwen Stacyness there, but it is these simple, bold shapes in bright colors. Right. And it, and it's, you know, everybody else fading into the background. You know, we got some. Right. Because they're all in muted colors. Yeah. But. Yeah. There's that green sweater thing. I don't even know what it is. And her- I think it's one of those. I don't know yeah. if you remember this, but like in the early 2000s, this really mm-hmm. in thing was uh, sweater robes that girls okay. wore all the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's one of those. I think it's what that. I think that's what that is. <laughs> Pretty sure. Um, why is robe. Flash standing so far away from her? I. I. He's causing mischief. I don't know. I almost I wonder. So. If um, if this sequence was cut down a little bit, or if there was like some something else going on, um, well, to justify uh, the let's go back to yeah. the kept draft, shall we? Yeah, um, why not? So last time we talked about the kept draft, uh, mm-hmm. Flash was asking Peter if he listens when he's talking, and Peter says, "Huh, sorry, I wasn't listening," and gets punched <laughs> in the ribs. Yes, and then Flash says, "Next time you're gonna pay, Puny Parker. You're gonna pay." Peter spits out some blood. <laughs> which is just like, all right, that's a little, that's a little much. I think (laughs) I think that's a little much. And Peter says, will credit card be okay. Um, Uh, and the, the two people with flash, they laugh because they find Peter kind of amusing. Flash gets really mad. He picks up a garbage can that he's going to bring down on Peter's head. When a voice from behind him stops him, and it's Mary Jane, and she says, "What kind of man picks on a helpless little dweeb?" Um, it describes wow. her as seventeen, painfully sexy already, which makes me uncomfortable. Whoa, whoa, whoa! With whoa, whoa. Uh, knowledge and sadness in her eyes that are way beyond her years. Um, and it says, Peter wow. says, uh, when, when MJ says, says, what kind of man picks on a helpless dweeb? Peter says, look, I know you meant that in a good way, but, <laughs> <laughs> and MJ says, leave him alone, Flash. And so Flash gets frustrated and just upends the trash can and dumps the garbage all over Peter. Nice. And, uh, and then Flash walks away and he's like, Peter's like picking the garbage off of himself and says, thanks, MJ. Oh and, wow! And then MJ looks at looks at him, and he goes next door, and MJ goes, "Huh?" And she goes, "That's what I'm trying to. That's what I was trying to say on the bus. I live right next door to you, and I'm in your biology class." And they were they are walking out of the alley together, and it turns out they this was an alley near Columbia University. Oh. So they had already been on the bus and then the bullies right. dragged him into an alley to beat the crap to out of beat him, him because yeah. she, he dared speak to MJ on the bus. Oh boy. Yeah. That is uh there's a lot happening there. Yeah. Um, so then uh, you get the teacher who is uh-huh. also character teacher. Way to go. Um, teacher. Yep. Says, please, please no wandering. If you are a midtown high school student on a field trip, I need you in the building. Now Peter says this class, our class, like as in like, I'm in your biology class, this class, our <laughs> class. And then it says no recognition. He goes, I'm Peter. And then MJ, MJ in parentheticals, it says, I've never seen you before in my life. But she says, oh, yeah, well, you better get away from me. Flash has a real temper and I might not be there to save your butt next time. 
Peter says, I was doing fine. She reaches out, wipes a bit of blood off of his lower lip and says, sure your word, tiger. And then walks away. Whoa. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a doozy of a scene there. Yeah. Partner. That is uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's um, certainly a different version of these characters than, uh, than what we actually got. In the, yeah. In, in this film. Um, it's definitely a more comic book. Um, uh, it's, it's a much more comic book uh, accurate Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a different, but it it's the the Peter cadence. is interesting because the Peter mm-hmm. is a Peter that you can get behind, like you don't. Yeah, he doesn't it, feel like a jerk. He feels like yeah. an underdog. Yeah, but he but also still, feels a little cynical. Yeah, and but but it works with this MJ, right? If we have this Veronica style MJ, Elijah Dushku style MJ, if we have this, uh. Forced to be reckoned with, you know, cool girl, mm-hmm. uh, sass, sass monster. We do need to have a Peter who is a, a, a bit more, um, not forceful, but who is, uh, who's making more of his own trouble, you know, yeah. like, th- like that, that works. It's, mm-hmm. it's a functional scene. It's, it all has to adjust from the different take on Peter. Yeah. It's yeah. really, I think it's really interesting. I don't, I don't yeah. like, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's different. No. And I yeah. don't think it's the movie. Like, I can't see Sam Raimi directing this. No, but no. I could see another director doing it justice and making sure. a really great Spider-Man movie out of it. Yeah. You know? I would be interested to watch that movie just based on these first couple pages. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's boy, that's something else. So maybe, maybe flash is, uh, He's over there because he already he already gave he already said what he meant to say. I don't know. Uh, oh, like th- here's an interesting yeah. moment. Okay, yeah. now this mm-hmm. is in the action. Before we get to um, something that is actually going to come up next week, but yeah. So she disappears in the crowd after saying, you know, he said, "I was doing fine." Sure, you were, Tiger. Yeah. She disappears in the crowd. Peter sighs, sits on the edge of a fountain, is sort of like cleaning himself off with the water from the water fountain. Yeah. Um, or the not a, I mean, it is a water fountain, but not like a drinking water fountain. No, like a fountain. Like a fountain fountain. Yeah, um, sure, sure. And he watches her walk away. Uh, she owns his heart, it says. Ours too. <laughs> which I like. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. But then we follow MJ as she heads into the building. She passes a town car with tinted windows that's parked at the curb. She stares, sighs to herself, a heartsick look on her face. Whoever's inside, he owns her heart. Wow. And you know who's in the town car. But, you know, we're going to see the yeah. town car next week. We'll see week. the town car in a bit. But wow. it's set up here. Wow. Which That's, is interesting because yeah. my argument actually in this movie, I think hmm. the setup of Harry and MJ mm-hmm. is probably the weakest part of the movie because it comes out of nowhere. Now, granted. Yeah. We're what we are experiencing it from Peter's perspective. So it right. works that it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's interesting yeah. seeing a version of this movie where it doesn't. Yeah. Where it, where we're not only tied to the audience surrogate uh, perspective. Right. Uh, that, uh, that it's not. Yeah. I, I, and it's not as if it's not, we can't back create justifications, you know, in the text of the film, uh, but that it's not, it's not a visible entity it's not like setups and payoffs uh not even relationship wise even just visually visual stuff like the uh we made a whole point when we saw peter by the side of the bus to see that big old banner for the wildcats or whatever that's on the side of the bus we set that up and then maybe we'll see something about that later who knows that this is the <laughs> sort of uh emotional relationship version of that uh it that would be really interesting to see that version i i yeah we're so in Peter's perspective in the the type of movie that we do get that mm-hmm. it's um it's almost less a Spider-Man movie and more a Peter Parker movie. Yeah. Uh, but which you, but I think the most in, the most interesting thing about the Kep draft yeah to me yeah. is that it is he got sole screenwriting credit for this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
And huh. and it's like it's like guys, you didn't have to back down and give Kep the credit. Like that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> and, and so I find it really interesting because like yeah. you know we're two pages into the movie, into the script, into the, to Kep's yeah. final script for this movie, and it is wildly barely yeah wildly different. I mean it's barely recognizable as the movie that we got. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see. You know, as we continue with the movie and the Kep draft, yeah. like how much more it deviates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that we have this this sort of like um, novelty text, not novelty, but it's a it's novel to have it uh, yeah. text to, to to check back in with because yeah. I, I'm so excited to just like to, to talk about how they must have made this movie, but to also have a window into the, the decision making process. That's that's what's going to be fun about it. I Absolutely. Think. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up minute five, I think. And I'd say so. Yeah. Our first week of Spider-Man minute. Oof. Yeah. Hopefully you guys, you guys enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> ho- I hope. Yeah. Let us know, you know, go on the, go on the website, doinggenre.com. Let us know on the post or go to the, uh, Spider-Man minute listener group on Facebook mm-hmm. and, uh, let us know there. Um, and also, you know, we do have a Patreon. Uh, we will be doing weekend editions, um, not sure what our weekend edition is going to be called yet, mm-hmm. but, uh, go, uh, go, go, go check that out. It's at duelinggenre.com slash support. Um, mm-hmm. at the $5 level, you will gain access to our weekend edition, uh, our Spider-Man minute weekend edition where Zach and I will be looking at like cartoons and comics and just anything and everything, Spider-Man video games, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that isn't. The movies. The movie itself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, until Homecoming comes out, and then we'll probably do an episode about that. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'll be that'll be every weekend uh, on our mm-hmm. on our Patreon. Um, so check that out. And not only will you get access to that, but you'll gain access to all of the dueling genre, like bonus content, including mm-hmm. stuff for Geek by Night, the original uh, audio series, podcast series that uh, I created and executive produced with uh, my buddy Nick and Zach stars in as a character inspired by J. Jonah Jameson. It's true. It's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so go, go check that out. Um, and, uh, check out our Patreon and see if you think it's worth your five bucks a month. It mm-hmm. really helps us out a lot. I mean, every time we get a new patron, I do a little dance because, you know, <laughs> it means that, uh, you know, someone cares enough about the stuff that we're doing that they're willing yeah. to give us five bucks a month for it. I mean, that's, that's great. I think that's really yeah. cool. And, uh, we want to make it worth your while. So go check out our Patreon and see if you, you like what you see. And if you do, um, you know, help us make all this stuff by becoming a patron. Absolutely. All All right. right. Well, we'll be back next week with minutes six through 10 and our first guest. Stay tuned, (laughs) everybody. As if we need a third person added to this (laughs) because (laughs) this is already pushing an hour. Good Lord. We got a lot to say about (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah, we Um, do. All right. We'll (laughs) talk to you next week. Bye.